Hey, sorry about that. So a while back, I, <laughs> I wrote this little essay called The Individual is the Ultimate Minority. And the basic idea was that rather than thinking of people as members of a group, we should try to see them as individuals. People are complicated. So rather than reducing them in order to try to fit them into some neat little box, we should try to understand their uniqueness, their complexity. And I sent the essay to a friend of mine to get his thoughts, and he called it unoriginal and derivative. And I said to myself, he's absolutely right, but <laughs> it still put me back on my heels a bit. And then I thought about the people I was trying to be derivative of. People like Jordan Peterson and Frederick Hayek and Seneca and George Orwell. And I decided to take what he said as a compliment. And this image came to my mind of a four-year-old or even younger, maybe a two-year-old or a three-year-old, standing on the feet of his father, and his father is holding his hands, and he's helping the child learn how to walk. And that's how I think of myself. I'm a Lilliputian standing on the feet of those I admire. But I like that, that image. I think that's preferable than being a giant standing on the shoulders of ideologues. But I think this begs a question. Sure, there are people today that I admire, some living, some in the past, but the world continues to change. And so my ideas need to continue to change and evolve. So how can I find people to help me, to help, me ex to help expose me to good ideas? And even more importantly, people who will challenge my ideas and explore ideas and people who are capable of changing their mind and therefore capable of helping me change my mind. I think this search is especially important today because the traditional sources of information and ideas seem to be failing. I think of two groups. The first is traditional journalism. This is an industry in decline, and they're just trying to survive. But because of that desperation, they're doubling down on their worst traits. They're, they're focusing on scaring us because they know that our attention is attracted by danger. And they confirm our existing biases because they know that we like watching people who agree with us. But all this does is, and a lot of people have already talked about this, but all this does is create these dueling ideological echo chambers. You know, I think about Fox News versus MSNBC, both of which report a very small part of the truth very forcefully. They report it, they report the part as though it were the whole. And, you know, I don't think 
either either side lies necessarily, but but they're they're not part of the solution. The other thing traditional journalism seems to be doing is picking up bad habits from new media. They they're writing articles to be clickbait, and they don't have the time anymore or the resources to really good to do really good investigative journalism to really check their sources. The other, the other group that seems to be letting us down is scientific publishing. Over half of scientific papers that are published don't replicate, which means they're wrong. And when half of an industry's output is wrong, that's a real problem. Now, there are lots of good reasons for this. You know, there's there, there's corruption of the institution. There's the there's the special interests of who's funding the research and trying to influence what gets published. There's there's the incentive problem at the individual level of publish or perish. And then just normal human bias distorts the results. I mean, people tend to see what they want to see. But the result of this is that people, and, I, and, and I'm one of them, increasingly distrust this expert label. When someone tells me they're an expert and they insist that I agree with what they say, you know, I tend to raise a skeptical eyebrow. I, I think about these problems of bias. And, you know, I start to see the expert label as an appeal to authority. I feel that they're pointing at credentials rather than at evidence. And so you have two things happening at the same time. You have the trustworthiness of these institutions declining, and you have the willingness to trust them declining as well. And that feels like bad news. The pursuit of truth itself is being corrupted. And therefore, increasingly, all evidence is rejected. And in debate, people don't engage with evidence, especially if it disagrees with what they already believe. They just deny the evidence. They call it fake news. And this helps me understand, I think, groups like the anti-vaccinators or the climate change deniers. They have, they have their opinion or their belief and they immediately assume that all of the other evidence against them is just wrong. So how can we discuss ideas? How can we improve ideas if facts no longer exist? Now, that's the bad news. The good news is, I think, even better, because I'm an optimist. And so I think we're in a transitionary period. And those, those are always unsettling. But we are leaving the old world behind. The average age of a Fox News watcher is 68. And at the same time we're leaving the old behind, we're embracing the new. New media is creating better filters of information and better sources of ideas. And I think this is because it's a bottom-up, grassroots approach. These people, and there are thousands and thousands of them, are independently operating. They have their own ideas, their own sources, and they have no boss to censor them. They have no special interests to, to take them off of the message that they want to deliver.
or to, to hide the message they want to deliver. And I feel there's a shift in how we're being treated. Old media seemed to treat us like children. You know, they said, shut up and listen. We're the experts. And that, that always rubbed me the wrong way. But these new sources, I think, treat us like mature adults. They say, we're in this together. You know, I don't know the truth, but we're going to figure it out together. And so I'm very hopeful. Now, the danger is that I choose sources that I just agree with, right? And then we're back to confirmation bias. We're back to echo chambers, which is a vicious cycle. Because if we only hear what we already agree with, we think that's the only truth. And we grow further apart and we fragment. And as Homer Simpson would say, that's bad. <laughs> so I think to myself, what do I need to look for in new media? How do I identify people who can help me think? Well, first, I want them to be open. I want them to be willing to engage with those who disagree. Second, I want them to have truth as a core value. I don't want them to be defending a side, sniping at the other person. I want them to be pursuing truth. And third, I want them to be humble. I want them to be able to laugh at themselves because ego is a killer. Now, I'm just starting to explore the sandbox. It's, it's, a, it's a nascent world that's growing quickly, it's developing quickly. But so far, there are a couple people that I find very helpful. One of them is Joe Rogan. He is a brilliant interviewer and he's just a good person. Dave Rubin is another one. He's, he's honest, he's straightforward, and he seems willing to engage with people with very diverse ideas. Sam Harris is another. Very good conversations with people that, some of whom I agree and some of whom I don't agree with. Uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick is another. She goes through a lot of the diet and exercise literature and boils it down, which is very helpful. And finally, someone, a name I'm going to butcher, but Zeynep Tufekci. Again, just doing phenomenal work, a lot of it around social media. So I hope this list of people changes over time and, and expands. But as of right now, they really open my mind. They, they help me think. So I'm hopeful. Anyways, I have to bail, but I will catch you later.